0: From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. Here we are rocking it from the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Fan Fest. Matt West here for a special edition of the Automotive ADHD Show, heard as a podcast around the world and on the radio, on 91.7 KLZR voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. You might hear the car sounds in the background. Do I even need to play more on the show? Well, you know I'm going to, but you might hear them. We're here on the street. You could say live on location. There's uh, about 30,000 people walking through downtown. Colorado Springs and uh, it's they've closed off all of the streets it's an incredible event there's race cars here lots of hill climb cars and um, it's it's been a good day you know we, we, we've got rained on a little bit but the Sun is clearing now or the sky is clearing rather uh, seeing the Sun right here in the shadow of Pikes Peak this is super super cool and I will say as a um, As a heads up, I'm right across, my booth here is right across from one of the uh, Vipers that's going to be going up the uh, hill climb. It's a third-gen Viper, and um, he's been starting it a lot, a whole lot, every five minutes and revving it. And then the go-kart guys, they're right next to me in my tent. They have been starting up their go-karts to rev in response to his Viper. So... If you hear that, we're just going to keep rolling with it. We're going to take it in and enjoy it. <laughs> it's it's going to happen here one way or another. And uh, now I do have a stacked show for you. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about the hill climb itself. Uh, OBD1 Kenobi, he's uh, going to be joining me in one of the segments of the show. And pikes peak hill climb driver jimmy ford from jimmy ford uh, he was on the show a couple weeks ago and he's going to be back on again to talk about some of his uh, experiences running the mountain this is his first year driving it and uh, he was rocking it i could tell you that we will have some uh, cool car sounds from him his ford bronco probably the loudest thing on that entire mountain so i can't wait to have him uh, here on the show now ladies gentlemen and uh, I'm going to say 3rd gen Vipers. Uh let's talk a little bit about the hill climb uh itself cuz this year is the 100th running of the pikes peak international hill climb brought to you by Gran turismo now it's not the 100th anniversary of the hill climb but there were a couple years during world war ii uh, where they didn't run the race so this is technically the 100th running of the race and uh, i was up there as uh, media for some of the practice days and i can tell you it was phenomenal oh man it was it was cool it was cool if i could have brought you with me i mean I would have brought you with me. It was it was awesome. There was a lot of racing, a lot of loud cars. Of course, Jimmy Ford was up there, but if anything I was surprised at was how chill and how laid back it was on the mountain because you you look at events like f1 you look at nascar and you you picture these big internationally known events as being super stodgy and you know all uppity and everyone's you know being super serious but everyone at the hill climb was super friendly they were there to chat they were there to have fun and they just loved being there on the mountain now as media they i had to load in at about 4 a.m or so i got up at three and got over there at four and uh i mean we were there for the sunrise beautiful red sunrise over the mountains gorgeous and then of course you know the sound of race cars in the distance it was fantastic and uh, but yeah even for me this is my first time being on the mountain itself and covering the hill climb from there Uh, and you'll see some photos from that on the automotive adhd facebook page facebook.com automotive adhd and uh, some photos some videos it was uh, it was a blast it was a blast but again how chill it was was just surprising if you've ever attended any other motorsports event This was different. Everyone there was family. You know, one thing I talked to Jimmy about when he was a guest on the show was how, you know, everyone's helping each other out. Oh, just because you're on a competing team. Oh, wait, wait, here we go. Here we go. There's the Viper. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just let that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fan, fantastic. Turn that mic there. That's facing the Viper. There we go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He needs to rev it more. He needs to, he needs to rev it more, doesn't he? Yeah, come on, rev it more. Okay, what even was that? I, I, was, I don't know. But let's see. Well, the go-kart guys next to us? They'll I think they'll rev it. They'll do it. Yeah, we'll they'll rev it. They'll rev it. All right. Like I said, we're here on location doing the show live. Automotive ADHD show heard around the world as a podcast on the radio, 91.7 KLZR. Just so you know, so you don't forget who you're listening to. I think they're going to rev it. We'll, we'll wait for them to rev it. So, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um Wow, wow. Okay, so with the mountain, you know, again, the, the climate of it, the culture of it, what I was saying was how how impressive it is that just because, and there's the go-karts. Oh, yeah, come on. Breathe in that two-stroke exhaust. Yeah. They know what's up. All right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The culture here is awesome. You know what? Everyone's here having a good time, having a lot of fun, pikes peak international hill climb brought to you by gran turismo and of course we are at the streets of fan fest rocking it for the automotive adhd show you gotta you gotta stay tuned here we got a lot more stuff coming up on the, uh, the next segment of the show, I'm gonna have Mr. OBD1 Kenobi. He's sitting across from me here at the Automotive ADHD tent, sponsored by Magic Man Tuning and Western Filmhouse. We're gonna have him on the show. We're gonna talk about ECUs, tuning, how to do it on a budget, and then Jimmy Ford will join us after that. It's gonna be fun. See you then. At the Speed Council, getting things done
1: fast is our priority. We do everything fast, from driving, <laughs> working, sleeping, and eating.
0: Someone help, he's choking!
1: This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the Earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft, child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yep, that was us. F4. Apollo 11? F4. Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell. We even wrote the Wikipedia article, fast. And we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's first hyperspeed speed speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Patreon.com slash Throttle Warrior. Donate now, download the show early, and receive special perks. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fast Things.
0: And here we are rocking it for the second segment of the Automotive ADHD show. Matt West here talking about cars live from the streets of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Fan Fest. Probably about 30,000 people walking through here right now and uh, joining me, on the show is a man known as OBD1 Kenobi. At least I call him that. I don't know if anyone else does, but he is a mechanic. He is a tuner. He builds cars. He does all sorts of amazing things. You've heard him here before. He's a regular on the show. Brian, welcome back to the show. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. So we've got this. Uh, we got this uh, nice-looking Celica behind yeah, us here a at Celica. the tent. Definitely yeah, a it's definitely a Celica, and uh, it's just this weird-looking Celica. People keep calling it a Mark IV. Something, something, whatever that, whatever that means. That's total nonsense. So, but I want to talk a little bit about DIY tuning and some of the stuff you do with that because that is really cool. I mean, this is, you know, it's. Something that people I think don't know about—they think they have to spend two thousand dollars on an ECU—and the yeah. names that come to mind is Haltech, Motec. Mo I want Mo- Motec. You're spending more than two thousand, but mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Now this Supra though is running on, and it would probably offend some people to know that it's running on. Um, well, how about you say it?
2: Uh, MS3 plug and play unit,
0: MegaSquirt. MegaSquirt. There you go. It's running on MegaSquirt now. Mega Squirt is been around for a while. It is a readily available ECU. It's on the it's on the budget end, but um, what we're talking is even more budget. You know, so yes, even more budget. So, firstly, just talk about a little bit, just the basics on this Supra, because the Supra, and I mean those listening to the audio of the show, um, are missing out on. Oh, oh, that sounded fun. Oh man! Wow, wow! All the noise! All the noise! All the noise! There's the Viper again. And, I, and the go-kart people will be soon to follow They will be soon to follow Oh yes Oh, oh it's a rev off oh. You just heard this in the last segment There we go
2: It's never ending
0: I love it, it doesn't get old it doesn't. it doesn't, you'll probably hear this a few more times During the show, I, I, I don't know what to tell Maybe it's the two stroke fumes that are getting to us Make sure you take a deep breath Yeah Make sure you take a deep breath there um, fantastic stuff uh, Anyway, so On the topic of tuning ECUs and stuff The Supra here is really basic And those Very of us basic. joining us on audio You can't see it, but it's a It's a Supra It's got a big turbo uh, This show is also on video I forgot to mention that Oh, Oh, yeah
3: Oh,
2: now, now the scooter guys are getting involved Oh, it's <laughs> These
0: darn scooter Robbie. guys, mate These darn stu- scooter guys Oh, here comes the police <laughs> Oh, he's not getting far on the scooter oh no man uh, who knows? <laughs> All right, we're doing a burnout with the scooter now. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks, on the radio, Woo! on the podcast. Yeah! Yeah! yeah, I love it. The guy, look, the Viper does its thing, but no, the the scooter—that's what people come here for. Yeah, my roommate with the scooter. <laughs> <laughs> that is what people are here for. I. Yeah, you there want. you go. There you go. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So eventually, we're, we'll talk about ECUs eventually. here. Eventually. Eventually. So tell me what you did on that Supra. It's pretty basic, I know. You yeah. do a lot more complicated yeah, stuff. Yeah, no,
2: nothing crazy. We, my friend just wanted his Supra to run with a bigger turbo, and we didn't want to spend a whole lot of money doing it, because obviously, most of the money is spent trying to get the, 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 the Supra
0: itself. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mm-hmm. want to think about Supra prices right no, now. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah.
2: I could buy a whole house with that kind of money. Maybe, maybe the, a tiny home, actually. A tiny home. Yeah. Not, not here in Colorado. Maybe, maybe
0: I'm overestimating that. Maybe like a house in Texas. Oh, yes. Yeah. A house in Texas. Yeah. Minus the taxes. Minus the taxes, of course. So pretty basic there then. And it's running a pretty conservative, what would you say to the wheel?
2: Uh, I want to say 300, 350, honestly.
0: Yeah. Not, not much different than, honestly, stock you know the way the car was yeah. meant to the power it was meant to have stock this was just a yeah we, we need to push it further but right now we're just we're just having fun with it just having fun with it and it's and a, it's a hobbyist thing yeah and it's a weird looking celica so yeah um, it is so again that's running mega squirt and let's talk about a little bit with um, what else you do with some of the really diy stuff i mean i i could talk about it with yeah. my my 86 that's running it so you got to keep in mind i'm obviously a hobbyist
2: myself so all of this is self taught um, mainly what I'm doing for especially for my community is we're just trying to help people with project cars that you know they, they buy all these parts, they build a car and then you know it just doesn't run right because there's this lack there, there's this gap, you know where people don't have access to the knowledge to figure out what's going on with their tunes, what could be better, what could be better over with the car. It's not even necessarily about ECUs themselves. It's, it comes down to the mechanical bits of the car. You right, know, right. making sure things work together. Right. And a lot of times cars put together and you know, nine times out of 10, there's something wrong with it already from the initial first start. Right. Whether it be a trigger sync issue, which I'm sure if anyone knows, is listening to this that does tuning knows exactly what I'm talking about. Trigger sync issues are an absolute nightmare, especially to, to diagnose. Right. And, and then we have, you know, things with like spark blowout and inadequate fuel or like just, you know, injector sticking or even a faulty idle control valve. And those things become harder to figure out, you know, when we're talking about a car that's been Frankensteined. Right. And, and so basically what I like to do is just help people figure out what they need to do to get these little projects going. Yeah, without and, spending a ridiculous amount of money.
0: Right, and so let's delve into some of the stuff with the ECUs you're using. You've you're been using kind of two variants of hobbyist ECUs, the Speed Duino being one of them, and that's yeah. what my Red a 86 is running on. And it's yes. running on it brilliantly. It's a $150 ECU, but let's talk about uh, some of the features that that has because it's impressive that it's 150 bucks. Yeah. But keep in mind... The Speedwino is obviously a hobby CCU. It's
2: not gonna be like a Hull Tech or anything like this when you compare like side by side what it can do. It's a, it's a slow Arduino, but when you realize what it actually takes just to run a car, how little it takes, you realize that the Speedwino honestly fills fills the hole for most people. You can run pretty much anything, even on a four channel Speedwino. Right. I mean, you could run a, a V8 and Wasted Spark if you really wanted to with four, four ignition channels. Um, you could run a sequential four-cylinder or
0: anything else. A lawnmower, I don't care. Right. We, we mm-hmm. still have yet to do it. we got to, like, nitrous a
3: lawnmower. Oh, it's yeah.
2: been in my dreams lately. Yeah,
0: I, I, I've i been thinking about this, too. <laughs> my
2: lawn needs help.
0: <laughs> boosted. La- help. Boosted lawnmower. You, see, you see, <laughs> see those guys with the um, Harbor Freight engines, and they boost them? Good stuff. Now... <laughs> <Redditor>. uh, <laughs> right. Now, okay, so the Speed Duino 2 has, uh, you know, and, and in my AE86, again, it does everything that the car needs, and there's a whole sense of... You don't need something so fancy as a oh, Motec yeah. if you're not using all the features. It doesn't matter because some of the features that the 86 can do is it's running on individual throttle bodies. That's already a challenge. Yeah. Secondly is ethanol. The car's running on ethanol. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, option C, is um, that you know it can do things like flat foot shifting, launch control. You can do a turbo. You can do boost. And all of that with sequential fuel and sequential spark. Wait, your feet don't have arches? What? You said flat foot. Flat foot, yeah. My, my feet are pretty flat, <laughs> and I, I need it to shift. I, I need to shift with the flat feet. Oh, okay, the flat shift. I yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what they talk about in Fast and Furious. No, you're not granny shifting it, you know? There granny, you go. Uh, that's like what I'm great at. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it does a lot. And so if you have a hobbyist car, and you, you want to run ethanol, you want to run boost, you want to do launch control, you want to do flat foot shifting because your feet are flat, and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's all you need is a speedduino, especially on a four-cylinder. The nice thing too is, like, when I work with my customers side by side, they quickly
2: realize that, like, even myself is a hobbyist, and we learn things together. Right. And we discover what the car is capable of, and like the the, the nitpick parts of the car, and that helps them understand what they're dealing with when they are building their cars, uh, especially like um, some of my some of my friends, like uh, let's put on Dylan and Colton put them on the spot yeah put them on the spot they have a bunch of cars put them on the spot so they have to listen to the show yeah yeah exactly there you go and a bunch of mustangs and volvos and ls swap thingies and with every build you know we all learn something new to this whole this whole thing that you just don't get online because a lot of people just hunt and search forums for the answers and a lot of those people are saying stuff just just out of the you know I almost want to say something like out of their butts, but... <laughs> yeah, well, right, right.
0: Yeah, family-friendly way right of right saying of the, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so the, the cool thing that I learned, you know, talking about that, you know, working with you two to get the 86 up and running was that, you know, when it comes to a computer... Your car's nothing special. It doesn't matter what car you have. Mm -hmm. To the computer, the engine's the same, right? You have essentially... Relatively speaking, Relatively speaking, you've got... trigger sensors. There's some sort of way to
2: figure out where the engine is positionally. There's, you know, obviously a coolant temp, intake temp, some sort of uh, load, whether it be TPS or speed density or even a mass airflow sensor or even a blend of the two, you know, mixing fuel tables together to try to achieve some sort of effect especially when uh, nowadays we have a lot of cars that have variable valve
0: timing Hondas with their VTEC right well and, and e- not to mention that my 86 has VVT variable valve timing and the Speed yeah. Duino's running that too yeah beautifully
2: and we're uh, i mean there's always always things that could be done better right but th- 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 at the end of the day it's it's less money it gets the results you want and you're not you're not going to empty your wallet trying to get it done Right, and yeah. I think that's really important because I feel like a lot of people they put a lot of money in these cars, and now they don't turn out the way they want them to. They end up selling them, or they'll just never get driven because they're too scared to drive that expensive car. Right, I'm over here trying to preach that we can do things cheaper, and we can make this not only not only better for like us as a consumer to drive these cars, but it's going to be better on the environment. You know, we're recycling old parts and we're making things better again. We're keeping these old cars live. Right, I mean. I mean, Devon over here has a Proteus Fi running his Volvo 240 with an LS, a stock 5.3 LM7, by the way, and it rips. Oh and, yeah! And mind you, I, I always I love saying it, but it's it's drive by wire, which you can't even used to be impossible to get in a car without spending crazy money or having an external module like with the ECU Masters and the, or even maybe a Hall Tech. Right. And now we can do that on a budget and it's all open source too, which means that you know, if it doesn't quite suit you and you're the kind of guy that knows how to code or maybe you even know how to build your own PCB, you can take those designs right off the GitHub page and you can tweak
0: them to accommodate your needs. Right. And that's what's really cool. And I was I was going to bring up the uh, Rust EFI as well. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, my guest is um, uh, Brian OBD1 Kenobi, the tuner, the guy who makes my cars run, at least, and, uh, and a lot of other people's. And so um, with the Rust EFI, that is kind of like a yeah. Speed Duino on crack and it's not has nothing to do with speed duino but in terms of open sourceness uh open sourceness that's a good word it's
2: literally i i I can't think of another option that you can get with all of the hardware capabilities right for what for such a little price i mean as you saw i just got our another friend's car another volvo 240 with the stock b230 eight valve in it with a little bit of a Chinese turbo in it, yeah, and it's running a micro rus and it is also drive by wire.
0: Wow, and that's also uh, sequential uh, spark as well. I saw there were coil yeah. packs on it, converted to that. Sequential
2: spark and sequential fueling.
0: Yep, and so all of that is said and done on on a budget, and on you a know, budget. And look, if you're the type of guy who wants to put that that uh, that Haltech sticker on your car, if you have to have the MoTeX sticker on it. Maybe that's not for you, because if you're buying that for the brand appeal, it doesn't matter. But if you want your car to do all the things that those can do on a budget without spending two or three grand yeah. on an ECU and get the same result, why wouldn't you? Because we all like going as fast as possible for mm-hmm. as cheap as possible.
2: Yeah, and everyone has different ideas for the project to do. I mean the one thing I, I also like to stress when I, you know, I deal with people especially new with a build, yeah. is like what are your what are your actual expectations? A lot of people think they're going to be building a race car, but really, really, most of the people just want something they can daily that has some power and is fun. Right. And I and I try to make that goal possible, make these cars streetable, because a lo- sometimes these cars get built, you know, in a shop and they get purpose built for racing. And then, you know, the the owner realizes that they, they can't go out and drive that thing every day.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah. And that's one of the things that I think you're able to do is, you know, bring that uh, accessibility to people on yeah. that on that and uh you know it's one of those things too and uh y- i mean you, you got to think about what it is cost wise you got to look at all of that and uh it- it's really good it's really good so hey what's up um anyway so <laughs> all right magic man tuning that's your company now you've started recently you're yeah. a sponsor of this tent right here at the fan fest as the wind only picks up, and, to you matt i know <laughs> and, and as the wind picks up and wants to take our tent airborne but oh, is that <laughs> karma is that karma saying something Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like the second we bring it up. But Magic Man Tuning, you can find him on Instagram. And uh, and if you want to send him a DM, if you've got a car you need, especially if you're local to Colorado. I know this show's heard around the world, but a lot of folks listen to it here in Colorado. I think he is a guy who can uh, make your... Uh, Car dreams come true, you could say. I'm a busy guy, but I love helping. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. All right, well, we are... Uh, here we go. That, that's a cue to go to the next segment. The Vipers started up again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There
2: we go. That's a Finally. good one.
0: All right. All right. And on that, we are going to be back with Hill Climb driver Jimmy Ford after this. Every day, thousands go
1: without the ability to buy necessary and life-saving parts parts like turbos coil overs and wheels i'm steve turbocharged brz it doesn't run because i can play with my
2: connecting rod through the hole in my block
1: project cars sit unfinished waiting for parts collecting dust
2: my name is todd and i bought a rotary it's okay bro we'll swap it
1: but no more. You, yes you, can make a difference. For as little as $5 per month, you can put an end to Project Car suffering and support your favorite podcast. Patreon.com slash Throttle Warrior. Donate now and receive special perks. Sponsored by Autoholics Anonymous and the Speed Council.
0: Here we are rocking it for the third segment of the Automotive ADHD Show, a very special edition from the streets of FanFest for the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb brought to you by Gran Turismo. And uh, sitting across from me at the table, you just heard his car sounds, Jimmy Ford in the number 17 Ford Bronco. Absolutely ripping it during qualifying as well. How did everything go
3: out there? Yeah, everything's been going pretty well during qualifying. We had uh, a pretty fortunate um, event so far. We haven't really had any problems. Um, A lot of uh, kudos to my crew for keeping us going every run. Absolutely. And you know, one thing I noticed
0: when I was on the mountain, I've noticed it here as well with the occasional rev battles people have been having here on the street. Your truck is so loud. Oh, man, it sounds amazing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the louder ones. I think there is like a a rev competition going on here.
0: I think you're winning it. I mean, considering the the Viper across from us here, he's revved a couple times. The go karts have been revving, but no one was clapping like they were when you revved your truck. Yeah, man, people
3: have getting, gotten really excited, especially, we, I, I, I like to aim towards uh, the younger group, um, the kids, so uh, we, we throw them in the car, let them sit in there, and uh, they really enjoy sitting in there it's something special for them and then they're like oh well you you start it up yeah
0: oh hey yeah (laughs) definitely gonna start it up (laughs) any excuse to do that that is cool and um i almost i noticed when i walked around it almost looks like the mufflers you got there have some sort of like foam baffle in them does it get does it get
3: louder so we keep those uh foam pieces in there because we want we don't want dirt blowing back into the exhaust and Uh, so we just keep those in there just to keep the exhaust the intake a little bit clean um so it's funny because sometimes we'll forget to take those out we'll start it up and pop them out (laughs) (laughs) awesome i looked at that and just said huh is wait does that mean it gets louder? <laughs> like I don't know how it could get any louder. Yeah, it gets louder. The that right foot, that right foot makes it really loud. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, when I was I was on the mountain uh, for qualifying on Thursday, and uh, uh, and it was just like I swear when when you started up the hill, you know, I was several corners down, just trying not to get ran over by race cars, you know, and uh, and I swear whenever you started, I knew you started. Yeah. Because like oh yeah, there he is. I can hear him.
3: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's funny uh, when we were in the top section. Um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but um, the finish line flagger, um, he came up to my car when we were sitting there and he said, uh, I know when you're leaving the start line because I can hear you all the way up. That thing is so loud. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's about the
0: finish line. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's fantastic. So now when, you, when you've when you been running the race, um, has, has there anything so far, been running and practicing rather, uh, has there been anything
3: that's been challenging on the course that you've found? um our biggest challenge has been uh the top section memorizing kind of all the bumps and everything that's uh up there i I know we had talked about this a little bit earlier and i didn't realize you know like how hard it was going to be to try and figure out exactly where we needed to be in the road in order to miss some of the bumps how we had to approach our line coming into some of the corners coming out of the corners um where we want to hit our shift points where we want to be coming out of the corners because naturally the car wants to drift out to the outside of the straightaway when you come out of a corner. Sometimes that's not the best place to be with a bump. So that's, that's been, our, been our biggest challenge.
0: Okay. Okay. And so far with the setup on the car, again, you know, listeners to this show know previously that you switched it from more of a dirt focus setup to a pavement tarmac grip car. Yeah. yeah. And how's that been going with some of the modifications you made to do that?
3: You know, uh, it keeps getting better and better. We have a lot of help up there. Um, Actually, uh, Clint Vasheltz has been up at the finish line because we've been running in the same group as Cody Okay, and he's been super helpful. He, I mean, he's ran that Bronco a lot of times. He knows that thing inside and out. He's crawled all over that car and it's, it's kind of been nice to have him up the finish line too to kind of give us some pointers on that thing. And it's helped out a little bit with my he. I think Cody's driving style sounds like it's a little bit similar to mine. So he kind of gives me pointers some of the same pointers that he gives to Cody as far as uh, trying to get us tuned up on our suspension and it's been working out I mean we keep making improvements and improvements so we keep going faster and faster every run and that's, that was one of my goals not not to backtrack.
0: Awesome, awesome and that was one thing, I opened this show earlier just talking about how I noticed a lot of the, the culture up there it was just—it surprised me how laid back people were. Like everyone was there. Yeah, we're competing, but we're having fun. Like there wasn't any of this sort of seriousness that you see in a lot of other places, and that was cool. You know, whenever I walked up to folks too, they were just happy to talk, and I ended up not being able to grab you before you uh, before you left there at the end. And I was like, well, nah, I didn't want to bug you anyway because you're focusing on stuff. But but it was just really cool. That's something I've seen with that you know culture. If if you've seen that as well.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the days. We were up there testing um there was a lot of black marks that were left on the road and so i had somebody call me out and say hey your head's still in the dirt and uh we uh i knew how to get a hold of that person reese millen and i i had a little conversation with him sent my sent in car video and uh he pretty much graded my my car video. And then he called me back and had a little conversation with me. I mean, he gave me a few pointers on a few things to do, but he was uh, impressed with our driving style. And that was kind of nice to hear from a legendary um, racer for Pike Peak. who has been up there since 1992. It's kind of nice to uh, get some pointers from him and have a nice conversation with him too. It's, it's it just goes to what you say is there's a lot of it's like one big family up there and it, it hasn't changed from coming over to the Colorado Hill Climb Association. Everybody's really cool up
0: there. That's awesome. Have any of your uh, friends at the Colorado Hill Climb Association? Have they really been
3: following along with what you're doing? Are they excited? Oh, absolutely. I've had a lot of people here at FanFest from the Colorado Hill Climb Association saying that they're loving the Bronco, loving how it looks and loving how we're doing, so it's awesome.
0: That's very cool, yeah. And while I was just kind of wandering around your Bronco looking at it, uh, I, I the wrap for one looks fantastic too, the way you guys did that. And I also noticed on the, like, the headlights, you've got the Colorado flag, but like embedded in the vinyl. Like you just, you gotta look for it, you yeah, know? It's one yeah. of those little details. It was a nice
3: little surprise because I, I just gave it to uh, the wrap company, which was uh, uh, Mod Finishes and mod finishes took the truck and they just kind of had their way with it and i showed up to see it and the first thing that i noticed was the red headlights because i told them, "Hey, it's bronxzilla so that's the name of the car Brockzilla, do I whatever love it. you want with it and they they did that on their own and I, I thought that was one of the coolest things on the truck that they did so yeah
0: wow yeah it's those little details too and it, it, that's super cool um now as far as race days coming up what are your thoughts Coming up on race day, is there anything, any challenges you still got to overcome, or are you just saying, "Hey, we're we're ready. We're gonna take it as we're coming."
3: Yeah, there's been some sleepless nights leading up to race day, uh, trying to prepare for it. I mean, I think we're as pre- prepared as we can get. Um, one of the things that we're a little concerned about is they're calling for rain up there, so we gotta we gotta make sure we stay prepared. Um, I'm not 100% worried about it. There is like 99% worried that's always in the back of your mind like <laughs> right. we're going up there with rain, but then at the same time, it's like, hey. You've been racing the dirt. You know how to handle if it gets a little slick. So, just uh, sometimes you're all, you're harder on yourselves than your own your own worst enemy. You know. So right,
0: right, yeah. And it's uh, now with the rain, the potential for it too. I know does come snow as well. When you're at fourteen thousand feet, it's a little it's a little different. You know. And I was talking to some uh, folks. I, I ran into a bunch of folks out here at the event from Kansas, of all places, and they're like, "Oh wait, you can get snow up there this at this time of the year." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, We can. It's happened before. I, even last year. I mean, they had to cut the event. Uh, had to cut the
3: course short last yeah, year. Yeah, they shut it down at 16 mile because of the snow on top, and it was it was actually not too bad on the bottom. But once you got up to the top, it was snowing. So they're like, yeah, oh, we got to shut us down.
0: Right, right. I mean, the the race is it's dangerous enough as it is. You know, we there were a couple of unfortunate crashes. No one injured, but you know that's one thing you always want to avoid because you got a lot of skin in the game with the car, the team. You know sponsors everybody you know that's you just got to keep it safe
3: at the end of the day exactly there's a lot of preparation work that goes into it and it'd be sad to run it off the road you know that's one thing that we aim not to do everybody tries to aim not to do that but you know at the end of the day uh, we all want to go as fast as we possibly can
0: yep you got you got to push the limit to go there I, I heard someone say you know with racing you're you know you're not winning until you're almost crashing
3: Yeah, Yeah, Like perpetually. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not getting nervous, you're not going fast enough. That's how that works.
0: Right, right. Well, Jimmy, that's awesome. I appreciate you coming on the show, giving us a little bit of an update. I'll probably stay in touch with you for sure after the race. We'll check in, maybe give you some time off first. You know, have some cold ones with some friends first. You know, hey, we did it. It's good and I'd love to have
3: you back again. Absolutely, and uh, before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, all my sponsors, Newcomer Plumbing and Heating, Auto Gear Engineering, Iron Wolf Designs, Colorado Quarries, Albert Frye & Sons, 511 Rose, Clear Creek Cidery and Eatery. We actually have them here. They're giving some good food to us. Um, If you haven't tried the Rube, you definitely got to try that. But uh, JDT Builders, Mod, Mod Finishes, Rocky Mountain Machine, Buckeye Welding Supply, and Automotive ADHD. Hey, proud to be a part
0: of it. And also, all those folks you just heard, be sure you check them out, be sure You give him a follow. If you're here in Colorado especially, you got to check out these sponsors. Tell you, tell them that Jimmy sent you. It's such a good thing. I, I love the, the family vibe. Everyone's coming together
3: to make this happen. So, Jimmy, I want to thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, too. And uh, I've sent a lot of people over here, and they love loving what you're doing, too. So, thank you. All right. And that is a wrap for the
0: show. And, of course, I want to thank Jimmy for joining me here at the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Fan Fest, a very special edition of the show. Those of you watching this on video as well, yes it's a video you can see it's getting dark everyone's packing up now and uh, I know you didn't ask to see my face I'm sorry if it startled you (laughs) I can't do anything about that but it has been a fantastic fantastic event I'm just out of adjectives to describe how cool this event has been Uh, and as I'm sitting here watching people walk out as the officials are probably going to chase me out they're going to tell me to shut up get off the air stop talking go home I think I'll do that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I have some more guests booked as well uh, for the upcoming weeks. So the race is going to be Sunday, and uh, you don't want to miss uh, Jimmy up there. If you can catch him on social media, again, JimmyFordRacing.com. And uh, it's, it's just going to be incredible. We've got so many more guests lined up for the upcoming weeks. I've been able to network with some amazing people here. So it's going to be fun. you got to stay tuned. This is the best car show podcast radio show you absolutely have tuned into the right show so i will see you same time same place next week when hopefully maybe i'll get some sleep after this event it's been it's been fun it's been fun i'll see you then